I want a pet so bad. We don't have one. You should get a cat. We might, we might get one. Or just go ahead and just go for it. Get a dog. Get like a little chihuahua like oh, this. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, might not be a bad idea. I don't know. Our apartment is so small, and so I don't know. I mean, yeah. Like, honestly, that's why, yeah. You just got to get a little guy like this one. They're yeah, so Yeah, a little Brucey. Oh, get a little stare so we can get on the couch. Mm. Oh. Mm. I know. So tiny. Can can you jump on the couch? Because he's a oh, little. He's a little baby. Yeah. And now came talk. Talk, talk. Hi. Hi. Hello. Ooh. We're here. We're back. We're queer and our knives are. Out. And my turkey was stuffed. Huh? Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Straight People Movies. It's a podcast where two gays watch a movie made for straight people. And we ask the question, who killed Christopher Plummer? Who killed Christopher Plummer? Who killed him? Who did it? Was it you, Anna? Anna. Was it you, Jamie? Anna. Anna. Was it you, Catherine Langford? Was it you, Catherine Langford? Was it you? Tell me. Mama, was it you, Jaden Martell? Mm-hmm. Mm. Our second Jaden Martell movie in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Except that he has probably like a uh, uh, one two thousandth of the amount of lines that he had in it. In this. For real? <laughs> I think he speaks twice in this whole movie. Um. <laughs> yeah, one of them is like Snowflake and I was not jerking off or whatever. Uh, Which it's like, yeah, you were. Shut yeah, up. you were. You were jerking off. Fucking freak. My name is Dylan Garcy. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. And if you're wondering what we're talking about this week. You must be real stupid because we've said the name already. It's Knives Out. That's like totally off key. But uh, <laughs> I want you to know. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm not going to get that. Wait. <laughs> it's not coming back. Ooh, minor. Ooh. 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 Okay, Tom. Ooh. Minor um, tonality. Yeah, we're, we were talking about Knives Out, and we're not talking about we're not talking about Miss Glass Onion because, Mama, we didn't get tickets in time. No. We didn't realize it was only playing in, like, 15 theaters and couldn't And it's not on it. Netflix yet. It's going to be on Netflix in a month. I mean, Netflix is... Interesting <sighs> choices on Netflix. Well, here's the gag. I, I was in Dallas um, for Thanksgiving, staying at my sister-in-law's house, and we were like, let's go to the movies. And she was like, cool, but let's only see the draft house, like, listings because we have a gift card for there. And they were sold out. And I was like, let's go to another theater. And they're like, no. <laughs> so what would y'all go see? Uh, nothing. We ended up, I ended up getting drunk in the neighborhood, And then we came home and watched that movie, Jerry and Marge Go Large, which is, like, I think on Paramount right now. Are you sure it just wasn't Barbara Star go to Vista Del Mar? I wish it was Barbara Star go to Vista Del Mar. I really wish it was. But it's like Brian Cranston and, and uh, oh my god, why can't I remember her name? Lost the Oscar twice to Hillary Swank twice. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. There we go. Uh, yes, Brian Cranston and Annette Benning, and they like play the lottery. So let me rephrase that. Oh, they, I saw the trailer P for that. That was definitely like a Violet Crown one p.m. kind of movie. Oh yeah, Ugh, I wish I watched on a plane. Yeah, I was like kind of high during it and wasn't paying attention. It was fine. Well, fun, but, but yeah, I watched. I have a seven-year-old nephew, so we watched the Crudes: A New Age. Ooh, how was that? How was it? It was Stone? actually like 
kind of fun. I like, like, I didn't like hate it. Like, I was like, oh, this is like kind of cute. And like, so we first tried watching Pause of Fury. Um, and I it was it so bad that even like Chris didn't want to keep watching it. Like my nephew. Like we were like, this isn't funny. We even laughed once. Um, so then we put on the crudes because they he likes it. And um, I will say this: like after watching those like back to back, I'm like, okay, like. The voice actors have to give in these kinds of movies or, like, the whole thing's going to fall flat. And it's, like, mm-hmm. Nick Cage and, like, Emma Stone are, like, putting their whole – I just feel weird saying pussy about a children's movie, but they're putting yeah. their whole pussy into their performance. <laughs> they're putting their whole finger um, – I don't know. They're putting their whole Barbie doll. What do oh, that like? sounds even worse. They're putting their whole Roblox into the performance. See, that even sounds worse than pussy, doesn't they're it? They're putting their whole YouTube – yeah, nope, too. Yeah, we'll workshop mm, it. We'll workshop it. But yeah, it was fun. Love like, it. yeah. So like, shout out to I the crew of the new age. I tried to convince my family to watch RRR, but they were like, "It's over three and a half hours long, Dylan. We're not watching that." And I was like, "But it's very good." I feel Can like that I wish that like if like we had watched maybe something after Chris went to bed because I totally wish I could have just watched Knives Out with my family because I feel like that would be like such a good. <sighs> I know. This is such a Thanksgiving movie. It like, is a Thanksgiving movie, even though I don't think it's, like, set around the holidays no. at all. But it just feels like a Thanksgiving movie. It feels like it. It's about it families a... fighting. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and just get into it. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Let's do, why like, not? a little intro. Do a little intro. So, in honor of the new film, Glass Onion, uh, another song name. I'm seeing a trend here. Um, which was in theaters for five days and won't be on Netflix for another month. <laughs> we watched Knives Out, the 2019 whodunit, directed by Ryan Johnson and starring Daniel Craig, Ana de Armas, uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Don Johnson, and a billion other people. One billion other people. And the plot of Miss Knives Out is when the patriarch of a wealthy family suddenly dies, a detective who talks like every gay daddy in a caftan tries to solve the case. He does. Yeah. And she does solve the case. She does. It's a donut within a donut. It is a, oh, a, a, a who donut. Ooh. Oh, I feel straight. I feel straight <laughs> for that one. Um, and currently be able to rent or illegally download if you're Dylan. Um, I rented yeah. it. I, yeah, I rented it. The thing is, I was, like, I was like, I am not spending $5 on this movie. I will instead spend $15 to re-up my VPN for three months. But that's download. so many other movies come with that, though. So oh, it's like yeah. you're, you're saving money in the long run. Mm-hmm. If I download so, three other movies, I I made money back. You've made money back. You're mm-hmm. making a profit. I, I truly I am profiting on me stealing uh, from the movie industry. We love it. We love um, it. So yeah, Miss Knives Out. Uh, was this your first watch? Had you seen it before? What's the vibe? Yeah, no, I saw it at one of my favorite theaters that is no longer with us. Did you ever go to um to Sky Theaters? I was in Dripping Springs. When you no, there. never even heard of it. It was like the it was the people who owned Violet Crown. They're like kind of play into the Megaplex market. Ooh, okay. And they started like a Megaplex in Dripping Springs and this like new area area called Del- Belterra, and it was so fucking nice. It was, I saw Get Out, not Get Out. I saw Us there, and then I saw Knives Out. And it was, it was such a, it was the nicest it have ever been to. And then pandemic hit and they closed, they couldn't survive. Oh, and so, so now sad. it's like a fucking like a main event or something. Ugh. Yeah. Like a Dave terrible. and Buster's or something. They, they don't need that. They need, ugh, it was so nice. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I loved it then rewatching it. Now there are some things which we'll get into that I think haven't aged pretty well. Mm. Um, 
So the first time I watched Knives Out, I was like kind of like I feel like I was like trying to hate it because everyone liked it. Like, and I was like one of those girls that was always trying to like find like little like holes in it to make it be like, oh, this yeah. movie's actually like stupid and bad. And I feel like I was very at the time like annoyed by anything that was like 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 I'm like down with like a I hate the rich narrative, but I'm also like I have my own opinions about how that should be done. So yeah. <laughs> why the fuck did Christopher Plummer just leave everything to one person? He could have like ended world hunger. I don't know. It was only like sixty million dollars. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand economics. I'm just saying. Same. You know? But I watched it this time and I was like, oh my God, this is a slight movie and it's like super fun and like very rewatchable. I'm kind of mad I didn't just like buy it. Like I like rented it and for like $3 more I could have just like owned it because it's like, it's fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. I do think that the kind of like the eat the rich attitude of the movie is maybe the worst part of it. Mm. Uh, That hasn't like aged as well. Like, and I think we'll get into it later. No, we can get into it now, but like. I think there's been like a recent like boom of Eat the Rich movies. I think this and Parasite really set a trend off. Yeah, and then now this year we got the menu. We got Triangle of Sadness. We got, we got bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, you know it's really funny. Um, my a friend of ours, Sam Rosenberg, he wrote an article about this, and he like oh, and fine. he used criticizing the menu and a couple of the other of these movies that have come out as like a springboard to talk about like how these like eat the rich narratives are starting to get really played out. And it's like mm-hmm. parasite did it really well because it was like a complex film about that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is like, it's like too easy and it kind of comes across as smug a little bit. Yeah. It does. Knowing that like someone like Adam McKay or Ryan Johnson, who are also rich are mm-hmm. like criticizing rich people. It's a little like, okay. Like, yeah, they're like vapid and they're rude and they're stupid, but like, what's the bigger picture here? You know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like parasite addressed that, you know? Yeah. Well, something like this, gets away with it because it's fun. Yeah, it's like it's it's a classic whodunit. Like this movie could take place. There's nothing really modern about it except for like of the occasional use of a cell phone, but like that could be easily written about but well, I feel like, around. I feel like a couple of the characters feel very modern, right? I feel mm-hmm. like the children feel modern. I feel yeah. like that was like the biggest like this came out in twenty nineteen, like pointing finger thing. Cause it's like they make fun of, like, the girl, the daughter, for, like, getting, like, a feminist degree from some, like, private university, I'm sure. Yeah. That's expensive. And then, like, Jaden Martell's character is, like, an alt-right troll. Which, <laughs> like, uh, is, like, a funny detail. But, like, also, like, they don't, like, go into it at all. So, I'm like, okay. No. So, like, why was this the movie? Because you, like, immediately like, date the movie when you do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially, like, the, like, I mean, like, the Hamilton joke. Like, even that feels kind of dated at this point. I think it'll, like, feel better now. I think we're in this weird position where Hamilton like feels like it's been around forever. I don't know. Well, it's uh, like Lin-Manuel Miranda's like, experiencing the Jack Antonoff thing where it's like mm-hmm. everyone was obsessed with them like three years ago and now everyone's like, actually, we hate you. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Lena Dunham started the trend and then we just find For people real. every couple years to do this with. <laughs> Another thing that Lena Dunham uh, was right about and was ahead of the curve about. Yeah, I, I, I was some friends visit this past weekend. Uh, shout out to Hunter. I don't know if you, you listen to the podcast or not. Um, but um, we were talking about like it's like I think we're all ready to be like girls was good. Like I feel like we're yeah. right at that like moment where we're like actually we were all just being haters and the movie like the show's great. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, my my as my Twitter feed has anything to say and is a um a good uh, microcosm of the United States, which it is because I follow a diverse group of people, um, including. Including but not limited to New York gays, uh, girls is back. Yeah, yeah, girls is back. Yeah, girls has never left. Yeah, um, it's a great show. Great show, fun time. Yeah, 
it's probably gonna be really re- weird to rewatch it because it's gonna be like, oh yeah, this is like what it's like being in your twenties, like mm-hmm. figuring things I out. I wonder, like, is is Euphoria like the girls for the girlies younger than us? No, because girls extreme? felt like steeped in some sort of realism, and Euphoria mm-hmm. does not do that at all. Gotcha. It's way too out there. Like, I love it. It's fun. I haven't watched season mm-hmm. two. I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, but like, that's, that's me with the white lotus. Literally, to me, like Euphoria is just like skins and Degrassi. But like, let's give it a twenty four cinematography. Gotcha. I haven't watched it. It's not for Dylan. I already know that. You said, I don't like a teen drama. I was never a teenager. I never was. I was just a young crone. I've always been like this. But yeah, I do agree that the eat the rich thing is starting to get like played out, especially when the wealth disparity in the United States is getting worse than it ever has. The middle class Mm -hmm. is like being eliminated. And then like the way that like we're handling that as a society is to make like multi-million dollar movies that make bajillions of dollars about it. And it's just hard not to, like, take a step back from that and go, like, this is, like, kind of bullshit. Um, like I said, Knives Out doesn't really delve too deep into it outside of, like, I feel like the immigrant stuff is there. It's, like, that's mm-hmm. very there in the movie. But other than that, I don't really feel like it's, like, trying to get into, like, the politics of classism too much. It's more no. about, like, the politics of, like, family sucks and he gave all of his money to someone that really cared about him. Like, that's a very classic, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and I feel like that would, thing. you could make this, it feels very, like, Agatha Christie. Like, that would be a thing that would happen in, like, the 20s. Like, totally. I know people always talk about, like, these comparisons of, like, the twenty, the 1920s and the 2020s being very similar. How, like, you know, kind of the beginning of the decade started with a great pandemic and then ended with a great, uh, you know, financial collapse. Uh, but this movie would fit right into, like, I could... This movie could be like a silent movie. Like it, it's so it's so uh, well versed in its whodunitness. Yeah, totally. That it feels timeless. Totally, I, and th- that's like one of its good qualities and also one of its bad qualities because, like we just said, minus some references here or there, minus like Tony Collette being like a like skincare guru. There's mm. not really a lot that's like modernizes it, which is like a fun part of it. It feels nostalgic, but at the same time, it's like. Did Knives Out really just brought the whodunit back? It didn't like reinvent the whodunit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a good time, but it's not like a whodunit that's like, oh shit, like they just changed the game on this genre. Yeah, I, the movie that I brought for a gay recommendation, I feel like is the last time that that happened to a genre, and we'll get right, to that. right, yeah. but. <laughs> But I will say that it does do some interesting things narratively, right? Because I feel like mm-hmm. us knowing 75% of the story within the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie is a really mm-hmm. interesting choice. Like, I did notice that a lot more this time around. It's like, oh, like, you basically know 75% of what happened Yeah. for most of the movie. And, like, you're, like, more – like, Ana Armas is the main character of Knives Out. Like, yes. it's not Daniel Craig. Like, she's the protagonist. And it's weird because D- Daniel Craig has, like, the title card. Like, he's it says, like, Daniel Craig, Knives Out, like, on yeah. the poster. But, yeah, it's not, like, about him. It's about her, and we're, like, on the journey with her, and we're finding out everything with her. Yeah. Um, and also, one person gets murdered, and it's not the person that you think, and it's, like, the last thing revealed of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can go into, like, spoiler territory, and we're not yeah. talking about that new gay movie with Jim Parsons. Um, <laughs> I feel like I like the twist. Yeah. I like the twist. I, I do feel like... I don't know. I don't think it's, like, a shocking twist. I don't think, like, Chris Evans, like, framing her was, like, 
I don't know. I wasn't like gagging the first time I watched it. No, it's it's the person that was presented as someone who would be the villain of the movie ends up being the villain of the movie. It was a misdirection, but it was a very classic misdirection. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I feel like that's done a lot. It's like the villain S person seems like, oh, maybe he's just misunderstood. No, actually he is the villain. Yeah, no. <laughs> um I do think it's really funny that I one of my favorite details about this movie is the way I actually think one of my criticisms of this movie is I wish the family was in it more. Yes. Because I think that all of them are so fully realized and such great, like, little stock characters. And everyone's just, like, chewing it up. Like, mm-hmm. Jamie's great. Tony's great. Like, everyone's just, like, killing it. Like, Michael Shannon. And I do feel like the, when the movie really sings for me is when we see the politics of that family play out. Especially mm-hmm. when they find out that Ana de Armas has the inheritance. That's such a good sequence. That scene where it goes from... Steady cam to handheld cam is so Oh, it's so good. They're like good. all berating her. Yes. Like, I love it. And it's so smart because it kind of, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but it does kind of play into the like stereotypes that I feel like a lot of like characters like on an armistice character will get in a movie like this, where like the family is like, of course you're going to like not take the inheritance. Of course you're going to renounce it. We treated you so well, like mm-hmm. all this like bullshit, just so manipulative, like all this stuff. And I just like the ending is so like, Oh, it feels so good when she sits so out that good. fucking mug and looks down at them. I'm like, so yeah, that's good. right. Y'all. She probably would have given y'all some, she probably mm-hmm. would have given y'all some, but y'all mm-hmm. fucked it up because mm-hmm. of how fucking selfish and entitled you are. And it just feels so good. <laughs> At the end when you're like, they're not going to get a fucking penny from her. Nope. Say bye-bye to your tuition, bitch. Bye. Because <laughs> she's my least favorite character. I fucking hate her. I hate a fake yeah, ass bitch. She's not great. Like, the actress are just like... No, 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 no. She's, but... The actress is fine. She doesn't have anything to work with. But the character... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Like, to me, that was my favorite villain because it's like, that's, to me, the true villainy of, like, a millennial is that mm-hmm. right there. Like, to me, it's like, I know that girl. I know that oh, yeah. girl. She acts like she gives a fuck about this, 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 and that. But when it comes down to getting some money from your rich daddy or granddaddy, girl, nothing's going to get in her way. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that, is that like why Bodies, Bodies, Bodies might be the most interesting of the Eat the Rich post-Knives Out movies? Well, Because it actually I, tackles that? I don't, like, get Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Do you want to, like, give me your point of view on it? Because I didn't think it was that great. Um, and I didn't really like, get what it was trying to say about these, like, rich kids. That it's, I think it's the same thing that Triangle of Sadness does, which is just, like, it portrays them as stupid. Therefore, like, that's what you're supposed to take away from it is that, like, rich people are dumb. Which is, like, kind of the easiest way to do this sort of, like, class commentary. Right. But the but the thing that Bodies, Bodies, Bodies has that Triangle of Sadness does not have is Rachel Sennett. And right. <laughs> True. So, no, she's yeah. so slay in the movie. I do agree that my problem with Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is I was, like, for example, like, the scene that everyone, like, talks about in Bodies, 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 like, when Rachel Sennett tells that girl, like, your parents are upper, upper middle class. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like, understand if the joke was supposed to be you think you're wealthy, but you're actually just upper middle class. Or if it was like, you think that you're like middle class, like that you're like not one of us, but your parents are upper middle class, like you're rich. And that to me was my problem with the whole movie. I was like, but what is the joke? Because I feel like in my age group, like in our scene or whatever you want to call it, I feel like being rich is like not something that 
like people want to like show off. Um, no. Like I feel like people that were raised like well to do like try to hide that these days because yeah, they don't the, want people s- to know. I saw someone on TikTok that was like Thanksgiving is like the time for the, like the great equalizer where you see someone who you think is like the dirtiest motherfucker in Bushwick and then you realize that they like come from a huge mansion and they're like actually secretly wealthy. Right. So I didn't really understand by his by his bodies because I'm like I mean I'm sure these kids exist. We contain multitudes, don't we? But mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't really get what the joke was. I was like, are they like rich kids that try to pretend like they're not like rich kids? Or are they like rich kids that are very exclusive and very like, we don't want other like not rich kids around us. I just didn't like get what the joke was. It yeah, just was kind of lost not on great. me. I feel that. Um, and, and it sounds like you might not know the answer to that question either. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that scene, everyone talks about it. But I'm like, but what's the joke in that scene? I'm like, mm-hmm. Are they ashamed of her because she's not actually rich? Or are they ashamed of her because she acts like she's not rich, but she is? Like, it was like, I don't get it. We'll never um, know. But Rachel Sinat slays, and that podcast line is, like, the funniest line in the it's whole the movie. It's the funniest fucking – it's maybe the funniest line of the year. It's so good. It's so good. And um, I really wanted to like it. I also think that they really – like, Maria Bakalova is so brilliant and Borat – that I'm like, mm. this is the character you give her to do in this? Like, I, I just felt like it was, like, such a misguided choice. I was like, man, she she's so zany and wild. Like, they could have given her way more to do. Yeah, they underserved her. Hi, Future Dylan here. Uh, there are mild bodies, bodies, bodies spoilers up ahead. So just scrub, like, 15 seconds. Goodbye. Yeah, totally. It's crazy that the person that comes out best in that movie is Pete fucking Davidson. <laughs> yeah, and I think that they really one thing about Pete that like, you know, no matter what any of us say about him, it's like he seems to be very self-aware about mm-hmm. like his place in the celebrity world and so yeah. I feel like uh, like having him die at the beginning of the movie, sorry spoiler, um was so brilliant and I feel like he was totally like in on that. Like he's like, "Oh yeah." yeah. Like that's hilarious. Oh yeah. Like my character totally would do that. Like a Pete Davidson character would totally be the one that dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's got moments. And I, I liked the moments. concept. But I don't know. I just feel like it could have done more with it. So I know everyone like really enjoyed it. And I sound like I'm being like bah humbug about it. But I just didn't think it was that fun. Well, I think we can get us back into Knives Out. Where it's like it, that movie is also a murder movie. Murder mystery movie. And like how do you – I know Clue is one of your faves. Yeah. Like, what do you – what do you get out of a murder mystery movie? Like, what? Why do you love them? It's so funny. I don't wouldn't consider myself to be like a murder mystery girl. Like, I've never like read like a murder mystery book or like mm. I don't feel like I like seek out murder mysteries in general. But I do think that I like them a lot because I have really bad memory. <laughs> so I can watch a murder mystery girl and like in a week forget like who did what and what happened. So. Mm-hmm. Something like Clue, I mean, is specific because there's, like, three endings to that movie and you don't really know, like, <laughs> what happened. Yeah. But in most of the murder mysteries, I, they have a rewatchability to me because I feel like even though I've already seen it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then, like, yeah. I'm still, like, with this, I was able to still be like, ooh, that was, like, a fun clue. Or, like, ooh, like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I think Chris Evans, like, betrays her, like, in this. And mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of remembering him. Yeah, it's fun. I feel like. Yeah, I, I like a murder mystery. They're cute. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I'm not like, yeah, I'm not like gagging for that genre. <laughs> are you? 
I, I think I am, but I don't like, yeah, I don't seek it out, but it, it's kind of like how I think, I don't know if we said it in the pre pre-show warm up that we do, or if we said it earlier in the pod, I don't know. We, we had technical issues and we had to pause for a minute. So I forgot what happened. We don't uh, even know what we've said so far, bitch. We'll say, yeah, we're, we're lost. Uh, but like this movie feels so Thanksgiving because like the genre itself feels so Thanksgiving. Like, it it's is. One of those things, like you don't eat a whole fucking turkey every, every fucking weekend. Right. It's just once a year. But when you get it, damn, it's the best shit in the world. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a reason why it's not just even the – that was a really fun connection. It's like a movie like Knives Out is like a turkey, right? It's yeah. like you don't watch a movie like Knives Out all the time, but when you do, it's special. But it's mm-hmm. also like murder mysteries are such a great genre to watch with a family. Yeah. Like I feel oh, like yeah. no one's going to argue about watching a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's zany. It's usually going to be a romp. Like everyone like loves to like – talk like when you're in a family watching a movie and it's like it's okay to like talk during a murder mystery because it's like we're all trying to figure out what happened yeah and it's just Although a fun interactive type movie it's interesting i as we're talking about murder mysteries at thanksgiving i totally forgot like when, when me and alex were in the spare room after uh after thanksgiving whatever when we were getting ready for bed alex was like do you want to watch a movie and we were looking at what was on there and that Saoirse Ronan, Sam Rockwell maybe see how they run oh yeah was on like showtime or something came on Fell asleep within 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and Alex stayed up and watched it. And I asked him the next morning. He was like, yeah, it was boring and stupid. And so, like, I think it's interesting that, like, when a murder mystery is, like, done really well, it's, like, so exciting and feels really good. But, like, like the turkey, you can fuck it up still. It's you true. Can still, you it know can what, still be stupid. You know what's probably the best murder mystery eat the rich thing that's happening in the world right now? What's that? The White Lotus. It's the White Lotus. It's the White Lotus. Are you watching season two, my Mama? I am not. <gasps> I need to. I know. It's so good. I actually I just liked a tweet that I feel very strongly like I agree with this. I just see a lot of people being like, wow, like this show is really coasting on vibes. They're like, wow, like the White Lotus, like nothing really is like happening, Mama. And I'm like, girl, use your brain. And <laughs> I like this tweet that said, um, it scares me that people who say nothing happens in an episode of The White Lotus could also be selected for jury duty one day. <laughs> and that's so true because it's like it's like so there. Even in season one, it's like it feels like nothing's happening, but everything is happening. Mm-hmm. It's like all in like the way they say things. Like there's like clues here and there of like what's gonna happen. I just think it's so well written, well done. Like Mike White is a genius. Like He's a genius. And I feel like he actually tackles like the class thing in a really interesting way because he makes some of the rich characters like well first off he makes them all different mm-hmm. <laughs> as it is like all of them being vapid and interchangeable but also he makes the um the more low-income characters also flawed yeah and that's I mean, why parasite was good i think too because it's like a complicated movie you know yeah it it's not just like yeah it's not just all i mean all rich people are bad but like it's not just that but like people can still be bad dependent regardless of their class. Right. And and what Parasite did so well is that there's a reason behind why some of the like low income characters do what they do. And mm-hmm. it goes back into like the societal part of it. For yeah. me, it's all about when they meet the other person living in the basement and they like are mm-hmm. like, no, 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 we've claimed this rich people's house. You do not get yeah. to have this. And like <laughs> to me, like that pitting of them against each other is what made that movie brilliant. For me, that plot point is yeah. what sold me on the movie. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, that's interesting. Like, that is actually commentary. Like, yeah. you can't just make a movie where it's like, oh, the poor people being brought down by rich people. 
Rich people suck. Yeah, we know. It's like, yeah, <laughs> duh. We know that. Yeah. Like, do something with that. Mama. And also, I think, like, Mike White was on Survivor and Amazing Race and stuff. And so, like, he kind of knows, like, the weird lengths people will go to for money and to, like, maintain power. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes his work so interesting. Right. And especially, like, looking at, like, The White Lotus, like, I haven't seen season two, but, like, The White Lotus seemed like such an extension of Enlightened to me. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I, I love Enlightened so much. That's still, at the end of the day, like, is... Oh, buddy. I don't want to say rich people problems, but, like, a privileged person's problem. Right. And I think it's interesting that we that he's one of our great class commentators and gets kind of unsung for it. I mean, he did just win a shit ton of Emmys, but, like... He's unsung for his contribution to the class conversation. No, I totally agree with you. And I think that, like, I I know that Enlightened, I'm not, I haven't watched the whole show. I remember watching, like, an episode or two of it and was like, this is good. I should watch this. But I feel like Enlightened, from what I know, is kind of like a, a little autobiographical. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the White Lotus and everything else he does, there's this self-criticism. Like, mm-hmm. it's like he knows his place in the world. Like, you get a sense that he understands his privilege and his place in this world. And he's, like, willing to poke fun at it. But then he's also still willing to be sincere about it, too. Like, he's giving us both. And that's hard to do. Yeah. And I love him. He is. Love him. Um, Well, speaking of auteur directors, this movie was directed by Ryan Johnson, who is someone who I'm shocked we haven't done yet. Because he feels so straight people movies to me. He is. But I feel like who, like, worships Ryan Johnson? Fucking film bros. They, Do they? love, love. Because I feel like they're like too busy sucking Dame and Chadel's, Chadel, Chazelle's dick to give a fuck about Miss Miss Ryan. Mm-hmm. No, um, it, it, it's Brick. It's Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah. See, I hate and, Brick. Like that is like my really? hot take. Yeah. <laughs> we should do it one day. Uh, yeah, Brick. I liked it in 2005. I remember I was uh, sick one day in like the winter of. I guess 2005 and maybe early 2006 and I just figured out we had on-demand streaming on our cable box and I watched in one day when I was sick from home Brick and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yes. <laughs> two of our great I know you don't like Brick but I love Kiss of, Kiss Bang Bang though. one of our greatest that's also an incredible like sort of murder mystery whodunit sort of thing oh. or detective story but, but that, Kiss, what's Kiss, fun Bang, about Kiss, Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is it's like None of it ends up like mattering. I know it's so it's so good. pulpy. I think I like a pulpy one more. Like I'm like yeah. I'm just here for the ride. Like I'm here for the journey. Like I don't even care yeah. about who did it. You know. Yeah, and it's it's great. Uh, and then Ryan Johnson, he followed up with the Brothers Bloom, which I haven't seen, but seems pretty fine. It's uh, what is that? Adrian Brody, Mark Ruffalo. It just seems like not a movie for me. Looper, which I super don't like. think it's super boring. I've never seen Looper, it's but I so remember it came out the same year Source Code, and I felt like these are the same movie, and I just saw Source Code instead. <laughs> source Code rips. Source yeah. Code's so good. <laughs> source Code's good. Yeah, Source Code's good. And then he did Last Jedi, which is, of the of, of the three new Star Wars, is like far and away the best one. Yeah, I've never seen it, and I have never gotten it spoiled. I truly don't know oh, what happens so in that movie that made everyone so mad. Uh, and watch it. It's great. 
Laura Dern is fantastic in I it. I just like saw The Force Awakens and thought it was so boring and just did not keep watching any of the Star Wars movies after that. Yeah, and the, the, the gag about fucking Last Jedi is that it's so good, but all the fans are, all the, not all the fans, the loud, annoying fans were like, oh, this betrays the ethos of Star Wars. And so they like fucking retconned all the shit they talked about in Last Jedi for the third one, and then everyone hated that one too. Man, they really fucked that shit up. They fucked it up. And now there hasn't been a Star Wars, there's been like 17 Star Wars series since then. No. Are you going to watch Andor? No, girl. I don't like truly do not give a fuck about Star Wars. And I know. But it's Tony will. Gilroy. He did Michael Clayton. I, you know, you can keep telling me these directors that are attached to these projects, <laughs> and I'm still just going to be like, I'm good. You, you're like, Gregor Rocky is doing the Ewok origin story. Gregor Rocky like, did an episode of Dahmer. Really? <laughs> You know, get my, you know what I just fucking found out, and truly, I don't know if I text. No, I text someone else. Kelly Reichardt worked on a 2004 season of America's Next Top Model. Yes, which is fucking crazy. That's amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's what she used to fund Old Joy. Kelly and Tyra Banks were in the same room multiple times. <laughs> Kelly Reichardt and Tyra Banks had meetings together. Could you imagine Kelly Reichardt saying smize? I'm a I'm 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 dead. I'm sick. I'm, I'm sick. I <laughs> That's amazing. It's incredible. I love it. I love it. And she just doesn't talk about it. Um but yeah, Ryan Johnson directed this. This was his kind of follow-up to Star Wars, kind of his one for me, one for you sort of thing. Right. And I think it's just he got nominated for the Oscar for like screenplay for it. It kind of like made him this I know there was kind of a nebulous conversation about him being like a capital G great director, but I feel like Knives Out really set him as the sort of like one of our great modern auteurs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't feel that energy, though. I feel like he's got to do one more thing that's not Knives Out related mm-hmm. that makes people go like, okay, bitch. Yeah. Because I feel like Star Wars really fucked him up, like really fucked mm-hmm. that up for him. So Knives yeah. Out was a really good like comeback from that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I really hope I really hope he has something else because he always does have like this like way with dialogue. That's kind of what I liked about Knives Out a lot too is that it's not as like showy as I remember it being. Like yeah. it's not as like I feel like the donut within a donut line is probably the most like cheeky it gets. But like I remember this movie being like for some reason in my mind it being almost like Juno. Oh, interesting. Like, that's how I, like, remember it as, is, like, is this more zany movie? But it's a lot more, like, low-key and kind of, it like, is I don't chill. It is kind of chill. Even when everyone's, like, being mean to her, mad at her, I, like, m- remember being, like, oh, like, I was, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, not looking forward to that scene because it made me so mad the first time. Mm-hmm. And then this time I was, like, oh, this is, like, fully a romp. Like, this is a yeah. romp. Like, but it's, it's a low-key romp, like you said. It's not. Yeah. It's yeah, very it based in reality for something that's, like, a little kooky. Exactly, yeah. Like, Benoit Blanc isn't the, like, drag queen character I think a lot of people, like, make him out to be retroactively. Oh, yeah. Are we going to talk about the fact that he's a faggot? Let's get into it. <laughs> like, apparently he's a faggot in the new one, so. Oh, hell yeah. Hot. That's cool. I love it. Good. Good for Who him. Who plays his boyfriend in the new one? Janelle Does he Monet. have a boyfriend? Janelle Monet. <laughs> Catherine Hahn. Uh... I don't know. I'm keeping it spoiler free. I, there is a, uh, a theater cam rip of Glass Onion on the, the torrent sites, but I might wait for it. This is hottie. 
I want to know. Just Dave Batista. Oh, yeah. he would never. I wish. Um, he would never. Uh, although that new movie he's in, that new Shyamalan movie, have you seen the trailer for it? Oh, or it's like, a cameo, like, so I don't want to give it away. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking. Don't look. It's a secret. Shh. It's a cameo. His okay. boyfriend's a cameo. Okay. By a famous actor. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. Ooh. It's yeah. the same. I don't want to spoil the Fablemans either, but it's the same uh, person in the Fablemans. The same actor. I wish. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. the The cameo in the cameo at the end of the Fablemans is the same cameo in Glass Onion. If you know, you know. Oh. Um. All right. Why do straight people like this movie? Um, I think. Is a whodunit a straight genre? Yes, genre? yes, yes. They love solving a mystery. Mm-hmm. Men love to talk during movies and be like, oh, 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 you know, oh, oh, oh. It was, it was, it was him. Straight people love solving a mystery. They love solving mysteries. Gay people love building a mystery. Building a mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. I feel like we want to be the murdered body. Yes. Like we want to be the one who's got murdered. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to be the uh, one solving the mystery. I don't. Yeah, I would much rather be the Lovely Bones. I would love to be Saoirse and the Rose, Lovely Bones. Yeah, just be like, come on, guys, like solve it. It was him. It's, he did it. Get it together. It was obviously, Stanley Tucci. Obviously, look at him. <laughs> did you not see him? He's obviously killed me. <laughs> oh my god, to be a murdered body in a movie, like if you alternate universe where you and Jesus moved to New York. Would you try to be a body on Law and Order? Um, yeah, why not? Would you try to try to get back into acting just to get into Law and Order? Yeah, sure. I would. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be, be a cadaver. first thing I do. Absolutely. Oh my god. Or I want to be like a, a, a like a, a bartender, like unloading bottles or something out of right. the delivery box, and being like, right. he came here every Wednesday, but last Wednesday he just wasn't here. Oh, I, I would love know. to be someone that I, my goal uh, in life, and it's not that I want like people to be murdered around me or anything. So sorry, this, this sounds flippant, but I've always wanted to be interviewed by the like, by the oh, too. I want to be me like, mm, it's twelve thirty. No one, no twelve thirty. No, it was one. Um, and then he did. He did seem a little strange. He was acting a little strange. I want to be able to say that. Oh my god. <laughs> It's the you've seen that Cola Scola sketch about like like a 2020 interview where it's like, uh, but something wasn't quite right that day. <laughs> I think I have seen that. It's been a while though. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, who done it? Like that. We always talk about it all the time. But like straight people love solving a movie. Like even yes. if it isn't like a murder mystery specifically. If a movie has some sort of like puzzle to be solved, straight people will spend the entire movie not engaging with the movie, but instead in their own head trying to solve the movie before the movie. Yeah, they don't like to themselves. be going along the journey. No, like I feel like for me, it's like I want to be on the journey. I like I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. But they like know. want to know, and they want to be like, I got it, I knew it, and it. Mm-hmm. Like when it gets revealed, they love to be like, I knew it. This isn't a pop quiz, it. girl. There's not a time. No. Yeah. It's you it's don't really get not. anything. You don't even get a trophy or anything. You don't even no. get a little kiss. You don't even get a little kiss. <laughs> the, the thing is, is like I can either sit here and enjoy and watch a movie or I can sit here and sit and try to solve a movie, but I still will be spending the next 90 to 120 minutes in a seat. Oh, yeah. So what sounds more fun? Yeah. Well, clearly to them, it sounds more fun to just be figuring out a movie the whole time than being on their phones. I don't know. Boring. boring. Absolutely boring. Boring. Um... I also think the the I think we talked about it earlier the parts of the movie that haven't aged well the most 
the Trumpiness parts of it because it is brought up. Probably feel, feels the straightest to me. Yeah, I here's the thing. It's again like I feel like movies forget that like they're set in a time and place, and that like people are gonna have to watch this movie like twenty years later. Mm-hmm. Just like say his name. Just like say his name. If you're like talk yeah. about it, like you know, it's like when you watch a movie set in the seventies, they're like, oh Nixon. You know, it's like yeah, oh, this is Nixon. Oh buddy, what's wrong? Oh. Did you see class? Did you see Knives Out? Do you want to get on the mic, baby Brucey? Do you have an opinion about Knives Out? Did you like it? Oh. I think he's scratching himself. I think he liked it. I think he liked it. Yeah, that, that means that he really enjoyed Jamie Lee's glasses. Yes. Oh, very good glasses. Great glasses. Um, but yeah, that feels like it's it's only like one real scene. It's like a, an argument during the party or whatever. But like it stuck out so much to me. And if they had just said his name. Yeah, then it would have like it would have just like like honed in on the time a little bit, but instead it just mm-hmm. felt very like of the moment. Like when you go see it in the theater in 2019, you're like, oh, Trump. Mm-hmm. Now in 2022, we're like, oh, we're trying to forget about all that. Mm-hmm. Oh, buddy, Girl, pop. curly pop, come here. Uh, is there anything else straight about this movie? What else are you feeling straight? Um. Daniel Craig's accent straight. It's so straight. I love when British people try to do like regional American accents. Yeah. It's always fun. Fucking crazy. Yeah. I feel like it's constant. It's just like a constant revenge for Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. (laughs) It's like a constant revenge cycle. Like, yeah. (laughs) Well, if it, uh, I know you're never going to see it, but, and she said, uh, Carrie, what's her name? Not Brownstein. Mulligan. Mulligan. There we go. I was like, it's not Brownstein, not Brownstein, Brownstein. Uh, her American accent is almost as crazy as her uh, promising young woman accent. I don't think I've ever noticed her being bad at American accents. Is she bad at American accents? But she just goes down like this. Her voice is real deep when she does American accents. She's like, I'm Carrie Mulligan. I'm Carrie Mulligan. I'm from Idaho. Hi, I'm... Uh, I'm Megan Tui from the New York Times. I'm here to talk to you about your experience with Miramax. Oh my god. Oh, that's that's turning into Tim Gunn. I mean, yeah, but like, <laughs> Slay, that was funny. So she sounds like an old gay man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, she sounds like Benoit Blanc. But yeah, accents gay, or straight, sorry. Accents are straight. Accents um, are straight. I mean... Don Johnson's yeah. like presence in the movie is straight. Oh, so straight, but he's so good at it. I love oh, yeah, Don Johnson in this. He's like the only like one to me where I'm like, yeah, like you would be in this family. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I'm like, I've met yeah. this man. Mm-hmm. I've met this man. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah, it was straight in its. I mean, it wasn't like particularly like aesthetic. It wasn't particularly like. The cinematography, like, uh, a couple times draws attention to itself, but not really. Mm-hmm. It was a very just, like, well-made, easy-to-watch movie. No difficulty watching it all, which is the straightest thing that a movie could do, right? Yes. Not challenging. No challenging, smooth. They said the challenge is solving the mystery. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, The God. mystery's just convoluted enough to where you can't. Mm-hmm. 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 Is there anything gay about this movie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Miss Jamie. Miss Lee. Curtis. Miss Curtis. Jamie she Lee Curtis. in that red suit with mm. those fucking... What's his name on Rocky and Bullwinkle? Mr. Peabody? <laughs> the Mr. Peabody glasses. Yes. She's Incredible. serving cunt. She's Tony serving. Collette. Cunt. I wish she got more to do in it. I really I know. Wish. I loved her in it. 
when she goes, uh, I read a tweet about a New York article about you. <laughs> like that it's is so the gayest good. line in the movie. It's okay. So let's, I want to, let's go quick into Tony Collette because I feel like Tony Collette had the Tony Collette-essence with around this time. Yeah. Around this time. So this is okay. So yeah, she's, you know, not doing, I mean, she's doing a lot, but nothing really great. I mean, she has literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies in 2017, I will give you $1 million right now on Venmo if you can name literally any of her movies from 2017. Seven movies in 2017? Seven movies in 2017. You can't look it up. I will know if you looked it up because none of these movies are real. Well, what's the one where she has a horse? Dream Horse? That came out last year. Dream Horse is Fuck. so good. Um... Uh, <laughs> um... Tony Collette, random indie movie that no one saw. Um, Actually, you know what? I will give you $1 million if you can name any movie that she was in from 2014 to 2017. Oh, my God. Um, fuck. Ooh, yeah. Things were just not going well for Miss Collette. You can't. Really. Like, her post United States of Terra moment was not Slay. It wasn't Slay. Yeah, after – truly after Little Miss Sunshine, she kind of goes into – I mean, she does stuff like uh, – let me, like – the Way Way Back, which I know people like. She's in Hitchcock. Um, she's in Towelhead, which people like. But she doesn't really come back until 2018 in her I, like, character. literally, like, I'm sure she played somebody's mom. Oh, yeah. Well, so she, her 2017, real quick, is a movie called Jasper Jones. <laughs> or a movie called, oh, she was in the Triple uh, the X Return of Xander Cage reboot. She was in a movie called The Yellow Birds. She was in a movie called Fun Mom Dinner. Unlocked. Madam, or please stand by. I truly like have, those are the first time, like in my entire life, I've heard any of those movie titles. Oh, so Ari Aster like saved her career. Truly saved her career. She became mother. She became Slay. Everyone fucking loved her. And then after that, she just fucking crushes it. Does Velvet Buzzsaw. Does Knives Out. I'm thinking of anything. Nightmare Alley. Yep. Dream Horse. Which Dream Horse. So slay. <laughs> yeah. Dream Horse is a Slay. Uh, and yeah, she's back, baby. Do you think she'll ever get nominated for an Oscar again? No. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I just feel like there's so many actors that, like, have that problem. And when you're, like, a, a wonderful character actress like her, it's like, who, you know? Like, she might mm -hmm. pull, like, a Geraldine Page and, like, win at 80 or something, but... Yep. We'll I don't see. think so. We'll Unless see. she does Hereditary to fucking pay mom's like, back. Like, Dowd will probably win an Oscar before she does. For real. Uh... Poor thing. Actually, Alex Wolf will probably win an Oscar before she does. Yikes. Ugh. Darkness. But yeah. Um, and then I think the final shot of the movie. Yeah, it's gay. Because I love Homosexual. It. I love it. Nothing. There's nothing more gay than just sitting on your balcony, holding a cup of coffee that way, and just looking over the world like you own it. Yeah. I do it all the time. I do wish that she got her, like, get out of my house moment. That would have been silly. Uh. Yes. Like, could y'all please like leave? This is like my house. So. Excuse me, it's in the will. I have it. Thank you. I'd maybe like throw a couple like a hundred dollar bills out from the balcony. Like, here, get yourself <laughs> a hotel room for the night while you figure it out. <laughs> Who gets to keep the B and W? Ransom's B and W. Mmm. It was so fucking cute. That that car was so hot. Mmm. I don't know. Are the police gonna yeah. seize it? Because it was used they might seize for like it. crime. 
I mean, it was used for crime. Yeah, it was. I think that's what happens. They get seized yeah. and then Damn. they like, get impounded. Oh, I use a lot of words I don't need to say Ooh. often. I want Chris. Chris, uh, what's his name? Chris Pratt? Nope. Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. That one. I'm bad at names today. Damn. Uh, I want Chris Evans to impound me with oh, his yeah. beamer in that sweater. Mm-hmm. With a candlestick in the study, am I right? Ooh, girl. Ooh. Stick that candlestick up there and then light it. All right, before we get to the gay recommendation, I didn't put this in the rundown because it just came to my head 10 seconds ago as I started this sentence. Let's cast Knives Out 3. <gasps> Everyone's been doing it on Twitter. Let's do it ourselves. Oh, my God. Who do I want? Who do I want? Who do I want? I feel like I like I do love the like bringing back some actors that maybe like are not getting a lot of attention recently, like back into the fold. I um, did this the other day, actually. I came up with a list, and I don't want to share it because this would be too easy. But the one that I would keep from it, Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. That's such yeah. a brilliant idea. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell. She gets the and Rosie O'Donnell credit. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Let me think. Um, yeah, let's do. Let's just type let's bring, it. Let's You just... know what? Let's bring back Lili Sobieski. Lili Sobieski. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's make archetypes. So we have... In each role. So we have in the Don Johnson role, in the Jamie Lee Curtis role, in the uh, um, Tony Collette role, in the younger, whatever the fuck the younger girl's name was, mm. and and then a wild card. Mm. Okay. okay, so Le- would Lily be in the uh, in the Tony Collette role? Lily would slay as the Tony Collette role. We're going to put Lily okay. there. Okay. That's where Lily is going to go. I just love saying her name, Lily. Lily. Um, and then... I mean, I feel like Rosie O'Donnell would slay as the Jamie Lee Curtis role. I think so, too. And her husband or wife. Or wife. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, Cherry Jones. Cherry Jones. Locked and loaded. Let's do Locked it. Cherry Jones. Um, Tony Klett's daughter, Lili Sobieski's daughter. <coughs> Who's another girl that's just been on a random TV show that uh, no one cares about anymore? Um, uh, Haley Lou Richardson. Haley Lou Richardson. Perfect. Perfect. Throw in Haley Lou Richardson. We Lee do Ri- need a man in there. <laughs> Throw in a Haley Lou Richardson. No, no men. Um, <laughs> a man. Um, who's like yeah. not doing, you know what? Brendan Fraser. He's already like writing, there. you know, he's yeah. like on his way back into Hollywood. Let's throw Brendan Fraser in there. Oh yeah. Give him something fun to do. I feel like he's been doing a lot of like, I mean, after the whale, you need something real, you need something yeah. fun to do. And he's so, he's such a great comedic actor. So like, let's yeah, just throw Brendan is. Fraser in there. Um, love that. Um, maybe just throw the rock in there so that there's like a mummy reunion. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Love it. And Rachel Vice is a murdered person. Yes. Done. No, that'd be too sad. I know. We already have The Fountain. <laughs> um, this is a sequel to The Fountain. I just feel like, like, who's our wild card? Okay, yeah, good wild card. So, like, someone to just... Good question. Who would be a fun wild card? Kelly Ripa. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, Kelly Ripa, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. You know, it'd be kind of a gag if Gwyneth Paltrow was in one of these movies. Honestly, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking put Gwyneth in a knives out. It'd be so good. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. It'd be so good. Um, uh, yeah. I would love that. I'd love it. <clears throat> yep. Let me, it. I'll find my I'll find my cast. So this is what I had. Um, you know, this isn't a very diverse group, though, I will say. 
Yeah, I had a mine was a little. Yeah, we did have a bunch of like old white lesbians in ours. So th- this was this was mine. Hold please, hold please. Twitter is loading. Twitter is taking its time. Okay. Mine is is Jesus Christ. Twitter is taking so long. Mine is Regina Hall. Oh. Simon Rex. Ooh. Renee Elise Goldsberry. Ooh. Who was in, she was in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls yeah, 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 yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. Ooh. Kyle McLaughlin. Oh. Marley Matlin. Ah! Lucy Liu. Uh. With Victor Garber. Oh, my God. And Mary Warrenov. Okay, this is, like, way better than the one we just came up with. <laughs> Wow, girl. I'm like dead. That's amazing. <laughs> that would be, that's my dream Knives Out 3 cast. That is a sick cast. Well, I was not prepared for this, so I'm not even going to try to compete with that. No, it's, it's, I threw it on you, but you know, it was, it was Cherry Jones and Rosie O'Donnell in the movie win. Yeah. It'd sure. be so much fun. You Barbara know, Star too. what about Cherry O'Terry? For, yes. Where is Miss Cherry? Where is she? Miss O'Terry, come back to us. We need you. She, like, played the Gail Weathers parody in Scary Movie, and then we never saw her again. Well, speaking of, actually, perfect transition into our gay recommendation <laughs> section. Uh, so the gay people equivalent of a murder mystery movie is a slasher film. Mm. And the gay equivalent of a movie with a big cast that has uh, that spends the last act of this movie explaining <laughs> the murder and ends with, you know, uh, murder or attempted murder. Yeah. It's Scream 2. Scream 2, baby. Scream I haven't seen Scream 2. 2 in so long. Scream 2 is so good. I, whenever the new Scream was coming out, people were doing their Scream rankings and people kept putting Scream 2 at the bottom. I don't know what's wrong. Scream 2 is so fucking good. No, Scream the, 2 is... the clear bottom is the one that just came out. Yes, it yeah. is. It's... It's probably my ranking is probably Scream One, Scream Two, Scream Four, Scream Three, Scream. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I definitely think Scream Four is better than Scream Three. Scream okay. Three was last place until the new Scream. Gotcha. Yeah. But, but Parker Posey. <laughs> but have you considered Parker Posey? Miss Parker. Miss Parker. She eats in Scream Three. I need to rewatch that one too. It's been a really long time since Devours. I've seen the sequels. So. Yeah. We watched them all leading up to the Scream reboot. We were like, we haven't seen these in a long time. Let's just fucking do it all. And it was a fun little project. It was Cute. four movies. But yeah, it was fun. But yeah, Scream 2. Go fucking watch Scream 2. It's a blast and a half. I love it. Is there anything else we got to say about Knives Out? Knives Get Out? Knives Get Out. Get out of here. We don't want you. Get out of here, Knives. Get out of Knives. You're so bad. So um, bad. So good. Yeah. Okay. There's like, what else is there to say? Nothing much. It's fun. We didn't Anna talk about Wiki Stanfield. Arnold Armas is pretty. She's, She's so pretty. pretty. She's so pretty. Uh, could you imagine? It sucks being like, everyone talks about everyone in this movie, except for that, the one other detective that isn't Lakeith or uh, Daniel Craig. Oh, right. Yeah. Who, who is that? Who? He, that sucks to be the one He's just like the, the fan. Mystery. He's just a fan. He's just a fan. He's just a fan. No one cares about him. No one cares. Uh, All right. My name is Dylan. You can find me on Twitter for however however long that lasts at Dylan Garcy and Instagram at letterboxd at Garcied. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. And you can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle and on Twitter and letterboxd at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. Woo. Woo. Hell yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next week with 
Another film. Another film. Another film. Another Bye. 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 And out came talk. Yeah. Talk. Talk. Talk.